One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. We're in August 2017, and this is episode 92. It's a special about India. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we get people from different countries in the world to get together and talk about what's been happening uh, in the world and in their local, well, places, countries, cities, uh, every month or so. And every so often, now almost every month, I think, we do a special episode on top of the regular one, and uh, we dive a little bit deeper into one area one topic uh i tried to do them about one country as much as i can but sometimes we'll talk about uh, another uh thing and for example last time we talked about healthcare uh quite extensively and that i think was uh especially interesting in the context of today's what's happening uh, in the recent weeks and months. But today we're going to be talking about uh, something a little bit closer to the source of this uh, series. And that's going to be uh, thanks to the co-host for the show today, uh, Mayank uh, Maheshwari. I'm hoping I'm not uh, butcher butchering your name too much. How are you oh, doing? No, you're, I, I'm, I'm quite well. Uh, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to have you on. Um, some people might have heard the tiny accent in your voice um, and realized that you're from India. And also the show is probably have a title that is related to India. So they figured out that you are going to be talking about India today. Uh, and we've been talking about doing the show for a while now. So I'm really glad that we can uh, finally get together and talk about that. Um, so First, I guess, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, you're currently residing in the U.S., but, you know, tell where you come from, what you've been through, maybe to give them a, a, an idea of uh, who you are and where you're coming from. Uh, well, um, like you said, my name is Mayank. I, uh, yeah, um, I am from India. Currently, I live in the U.S., um, I grew up there, and like a lot of other Indians, I came here to study and just uh, stayed uh, for work. And yeah, I, I I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Uh, uh, during uh, what um, uh, what we can call the the economic uh, liberalization of India. And uh, yeah, those were some interesting times. Quite <laughs> it's, fun. Th the way you say it, I'm sure, is gonna uh, is is carries a lot of meaning. Um, yeah. So, 
I'm I'm uh I want to dive I think first into uh what it was like for you growing up in India. Uh just to be clear, you spent about 20 years uh living in India and then you moved to the US to study and at that point you stayed in the US but your whole family is in India and you go there fairly often. Um so would you consider yourself I I I guess that's that can be an interesting first question. Do you consider yourself Indian? Or I, I I don't know if you have the uh, U.S. Uh, citizenship. No, I, no, I don't. Um, I am still an Indian citizen. Uh, currently, I am. I work in the U.S. on a work visa. Okay, so you can, you uh, consider so, yourself Indian. Yes, I'm. I consider myself very Indian. <laughs> very Indian. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, All right. So 1982, you're born uh, in Delhi, so the capital of India. Um, I think another thing I want to ask you about for the listeners who might not know, which I'm sneakily uh, including myself into, India is obviously gigantic. Uh, It's uh, 1.2 billion people, currently uh, Indian citizens. And is it a country or is it like a continent? It's a federation, first of all. But, you know, the U.S. is a federation, the EU is a union, and we have like a third or fourth of the population there. Is it a country? Is it unity? Is there unity? Is it how how does it work to even call India a country when there's so many people over such a large uh, geographical area? Yeah, that is um, that is something that is uh, a very um, uh, that is a very uh, loaded uh, not not loaded, but it is a very good question, and it is um, you know different people have different views on it, but certainly there is a reason the British called it the subcontinent because it is almost. Uh, I mean, I was reading some statistics and. If you take the landmass of the European Union, the countries in the Euro- European Union, India is about three-fourths of that, if I remember correctly. I mean, statistics can be wrong on Wikipedia, but... Yeah. Um, and culturally as well, um, uh, India is extremely diverse. Uh, what, the way I like to think of it is, India is what the European Union could be with a little more, you know, uh, with a little more... Uh, cooperation, uh, sort of a, a, No, no, I would certainly not say cooperation, <laughs> but uh, a little more... I mean, we were kind of forced into it by Britain, mm. you know, um, by, the, uh, by the colonization of India, because uh, for the most... For most of its history, India has been... You know, unless like you have a you have a ruler like Ashoka or you know, so some of the Mughal emperors, India has been you know s- separate kingdoms, um, and and so so it is sort of like like Europe. I mean, Europe chose to unify voluntarily. We were kind of you know grouped. In, <laughs> we were kind of forced into it, and and that I mean, and after independence, we just decided eh, that's pretty good. We'll, so we'll, we'll, would you say we'll keep going <laughs> would you say there is a feeling of unity even though that unity was forced upon you by the british empire do you, would you say now indians feel like they're all part of india and they have 
things in common, even though they have a lot of different cultures? Um, I like to think so, uh, certainly. And India, yeah, cultural differences are pronounced and there is a lot of um, identity-based politics, culture-based politics, uh, because the states of India are divided along the uh, the linguistic and sort of cultural lines. Right. Uh, and and so, so that provides a lot of sort of individual, not individual, but state-level um uh, you know uh, freedom and sort of a, a sort of identity but at the same time yeah i like to think that uh, that indians do feel unified as a whole as indians all right um all right so in that context uh let's talk about uh, things a little bit more from a personal scale uh and so you're born uh, 1982 in delhi uh, the capital of india as we mentioned uh, and you grow up in delhi um how would you describe your uh you know the the atmosphere of your everyday life uh, to someone who doesn't know India, who doesn't know anything about Delhi, uh, f especially, I'm guessing, from that time, it was a very different place uh, than it is today. How would you describe daily life uh, to someone who doesn't know it? Um, I think one of the big things I would like to say is, um, you know, people used to have this image of, like, India just being this, you know, this sort of backward place you know with you know with, with poor people just you know lying on the streets or whatnot um but in reality it is it is a fairly normal i, I grew up in a fairly normal uh, you know fairly normal home it was um i mean i don't know what to describe it except i i it was normal for me You know, I, I went to school, I, you know, I came home, I, you know, did my homework and whatnot, but, um, yeah, so let I me mean, ask you I, about the, the details. Um, okay. You you mentioned when we were preparing the show that your uh, family was middle class, uh, so not yeah. extremely rich, not poor either. So, it, yeah. again, with that uh, context, the, the streets of Delhi... Do you have, it's going to sound, I'm going to ask a lot of questions that are going to sound really dumb. And that's probably because I am really dumb, but at least, you know, we can get the answers. But you have paved roads, you have uh, electricity, you have um, apartment buildings and, uh, you know, public transportation, these kinds of things. Because you're right, when we think about India, especially when we let our imagination run wild uh, about what it was uh, or what it pro you know what it could have been in the 80s i'm sure more than one person has that image of movie india which is as you said uh beggars in the street and lots of people in rags and uh people pushing their carts full of fruit some of them have being rotten and markets with lots of spices and incredible colors but Overall, like a, a, a significantly, like a poor uh, environment. Um, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that image, uh, I, I shouldn't say that is untrue. That image certainly is there. But then there is also an India that is, that is very well off, that is, uh, that is quite rich. And, you know, there is, yeah, there are certainly extremes. And, um, yeah, I sort of grew up in the middle 
I um, the, the image you describe is actually kind of true for me because I grew up in the old Delhi. The old Delhi is where this, uh, which was the seat of power for the for the Mughal emperors, and and you know the like like the old capital uh, before uh, before the British uh, made the capital uh, in Calcutta, and then they moved it in 1908. Uh, they on uh, 1908 or 1911 something like that and they and they moved it uh, to delhi and created new delhi which was designed by sir sir i don't know if he was a knight or not but but lutians and so yeah so i i grew up in old delhi and certainly the area that i grew up in was like that but not all of delhi is like that it, so, it, so i guess that, that is what i was trying to say like there are there are many different uh, you know views you can have but that image so are you saying that that image that caricature image that we have exists it's just not not everywhere is like that is that what you're saying exactly okay. exactly so so yeah the, the stereotype is kind of true but only in a limited way hmm. all right so what was your daily life uh uh well in delhi in old delhi um you would you know get up go to school how was how was school did you go by public transportation like can you describe uh quickly that's something i like to do a an average day for a you know junior high school or high school student um in india back in those days yeah um so i um uh, so i went to a public school what we call a public school in india it is actually a private school so so government <laughs> schools uh, the yeah the the public schools what are called public schools in us are called government schools in india because they are run by uh, government agencies and the private schools are called public schools so i went to a public school and and as opposed to the us uh, i mean i don't know about france or finland but uh, in us private schools are really expensive i mean you have to really shell out some some money but in india public schools while they are expensive they are uh, they are a lot more affordable so so um so a lot of uh, middle class uh, people send their kids to public schools And which is again it are significantly schools. better than government schools some government schools are good but obviously due to the you know due to the the inefficiencies or corruption or just you know whatever you want to call it um yeah public schools do offer a significant improvement over government schools mm. you mentioned yeah. inefficient uh, well maybe we can get back to that uh, afterwards so you wake up have a uh, breakfast with your family i guess then um no i had to wake up pretty early uh, um, uh different schools can decide you know what time they start uh, my school started at 8 so uh, i had to get up 6:15 6 6:30 get ready because uh, my school bus came uh, around 7:20 and it took about 40 minutes for me to get to school by that route okay and um yeah 
so uh, so in india uh, uh, public schools can uh, they are not limited to a certain uh, area you, they can service uh, i mean anyone can get admission as long as they they pay can yeah. as long as they pay for it and and they can get to the school and um, and a lot of schools will will run their own transportation uh, around the city and and if you uh, so like my school uh, we we contracted buses from from the delhi transportation uh, corporation dtc the the government run company that ran uh, that ran the the buses in delhi and they were they had it they had the buses contracted and these buses in the morning and in the afternoon would would run uh, around delhi and they had designated routes and we had about 20 or 22 or such uh, buses and i remember taking bus number 8 uh, and, <laughs> and and it had a designated route it would pick up kids from each stop and it will take us to the school you get off so right. go That's- do our thing Again, a stupid question. Did you have like roads or was it like dirt roads or was it like oh, a <laughs> quote unquote proper city? I, I understand this is a very dumb, but I'm trying to imagine you getting on a bus going through the city. And I, I don't know if it, it, if it, the image should be full of dust flying everywhere or like, you know, a city with pavement and sidewalks. No, uh, definitely there is, there is pavement, sidewalk, roads. uh the only problem with delhi is uh, <clears throat> the you know they don't maintain it very well so the roads are fine you know uh, the you know it's it's a normal road sure it'll have a few more potholes than you know than your standard american road but uh, still we have we have paved roads we have pavement everything uh, you know that you would expect um i would say the only sharp contrast is between old delhi and the rest of delhi because the old delhi is much more crowded and and i mean the traffic while it is bad in the rest of delhi it is especially worse in the old areas because just because of the lack of planning i mean the it's an old city so it's not as planned right so it is it is i would say goes from bad to worse so yeah it i mean we have roads we have everything just the traffic is so bad that uh, you know it takes forever <laughs> and you mentioned that the landmass uh, is roughly let's say on the same scale as it is for europe or or uh, the us but you do have 3 to 4 more people uh, on that same landmass does that translate into a super crowded city like impossibly crowded or is it not that yeah. much yeah yeah definitely uh, the national capital region of india which includes delhi and some of the cities of neighboring states uh, so that's called the national capital region i don't remember the exact numbers but last time i checked it was um, 19 maybe 20 million people mm. so uh, so yeah it is definitely crowded um, and uh, you know Uh, the re- the place where i grew up old delhi the only time i ever saw the street completely clean or you know the the, the sidewalks uh, like like everything was gone away from the sidewalks um was 
was the was the Republic Day parade. It mm. used uh, like they had a route which took the ar- uh, the armed forces and all that uh, <laughs> through through the main thoroughfare of Old Delhi. And 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 the night before that was the only time I, I could go out and say, "Wow, this is there are no people," right. because uh, yeah, they, they would come and you know clean it and sort of you know you know make it look a look a little more presentable. But now that 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 route has changed, I think I think it has been uh, over a decade now. Right. Uh, yeah, nothing like that ever happens anymore. So yeah, it's people and more people. So you go to school, um, you spend the day at school. Do you enjoy school? Do you, uh, you know, what language do you study in? Again, dumb question. Um, but what's your, do you like living uh, there and, and going to school and all of that? Yeah, I, I remember uh, liking, I mean, of course, you know, you tend to remember things more fondly. But uh, I do remember liking my school, uh, my classmates and everything. And it was, um, my school was a little less strict than than most of the other schools in India. Yeah, can you schools, define that? Like how, how strict are schools in India and how strict was yours? Um, yeah, so most schools in India have a dress code. You have to, you have to purchase uh, pants of a certain color or, you know, skirt of a certain color, shirt, and and you would have so to have, a you uniform, know, oh, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically it is a uniform. You have to buy it from the school or 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 get a compatible one made yourself if you right. want to do that. And and you have to have a tie and, and in the winter you would, you would wear a coat uh, or, or a sweater, which is in the school colors. And my school was kind of lenient in that, in that we didn't have a tie. So we were like, yes, no tie. <laughs> so no tie because, equals party, basically. Yeah, I mean, you could, and and there was also there were also certain la- more sort of um, laxities and like uh, like the shoes they had to be black. They didn't have to be like leather sort of dress shoes. They could be black and sport shoes so oh, this so you was could wear sneakers uh, yeah as long as they were black nice uh, and with with like no obvious you know logo or whatever i mean they could be as long as they were black they were fine okay. and so so in these ways like it was it was nice we didn't have to wish our teachers good morning or good evening or good afternoon like a lot of schools in india they have this strict like um like if you see if you see a teacher go by you say good morning sir good morning ma'am mm. but but in my school it was um we didn't have to say that we just have to we we were told to just wave our hand and that is it like okay uh, basically you are you are acknowledging your teacher and saying hello or whatever but so, it didn't have uh, so to that, be good morning yeah it it was uh, again so little less strict and uh, another thing I remember uh, very fondly was we didn't, our school didn't allow corporeal punishment. Uh, basically, like teachers were not allowed to, you to know, hit, you. hit the students or, mm. yeah. Uh, in some schools, you know, it is still, uh, I mean, it is still uh, allowed. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I can't say what the current 
uh, state is. Uh, but back in my day, corporal, corporal punishment was still not out of the question for a lot of students. But mm-hmm. in my school, except for one or two teachers who were just super hard on students, they would sometimes, like if a student was really, you know, getting out of hand, they would just make them stand on a chair or something. I mean, but yeah, in general, it was not allowed. Okay, so it's not like they got the whip out. <laughs> it's no, like, or, no, no. or the ruler, you know, to hit the, the fingers or something like that. Yeah, my school was lucky on that okay. in that regard. But it would happen yeah. elsewhere in the in other yeah. schools. Okay, I yeah. see. Um, all right, so you spend the day in school. Uh, what do you do afterwards? Like, what do, did kids do uh, after school in the let's say late eighties, early nineties in India, or at least in Delhi? for for me, uh, the uh, school got over at two. So after that, the bus again would. Uh, we would all climb into our buses and go back and usually the evening traffic was worse so we would ha- i would reach home by three uh, i would get off at my stop like quarter or like 2:40, walk about 20 minutes uh, to home and and at that point i was usually so tired especially um, i mean not so tired from school but just from walking back in the afternoon sun, you know, during summer, it is very hot, uh, especially in the north. And and the crowd and everything, I would just get so tired, I would just flop down, rest for a little bit. And then my mom would just call me for, for lunch, for, I guess, second lunch. And Ooh, wait a eat. second. Second lunch? Yeah. I guess you well, had lunch yeah. at school, right? Yeah, exactly. So lunch would happen around like 11 or 11.30 in school. By the time I get home, you know, I would say, okay, have lunch. And I would eat again then. So is that uh, common? Like, is that what every kid yeah. does? Like, you have yeah. a second lunch? For... Well, um, well, for me, it was, for most of my my classmates, friends, it was pretty common. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, but I don't know how. I mean, there, there, there's so much flexibility in the school, in the school schedule. Mm. Um I imagine there there were a lot of kids who didn't do okay. do that, but uh, for me it was pretty much the schedule for my brother as well, and for most of my classmates it was the same thing. Um, again, stupid question alert. Um, what did you eat? Was it like curry type things that we called curry um, <laughs> and and rice with your hands, or what what did you eat and what did you use to eat? Oh, that is a, yeah, again, that is a, and I completely understand the question. And yeah, in eating, in India, we do eat with our hands. Uh, It is very common, uh, very natural. And, but we do have spoons and forks and knives and whatnot. Uh, That is not like something you wouldn't, that is not something that is out of place in a household. Uh, So basically what we would have is, what my mom would usually make is we would have um, sort of a lentil curry or a curry made out of like different squashes or, or other vegetables. And, and, and daily food in India is not as rich, obviously, as the restaurants. You know, you don't have a lot of cream-based stuff. That is more of a special occasion food or a sort of a party food. Uh, but yeah, usually it would just be a curry um, 
made out of like either any type of lentil or or vegetables or squashes or whatever and and my mom would usually, would usually also make a sort of a dry curry and similarly it could be made out of vegetables or potatoes and she would make um, and this is very common in india at least in the north she would make either rice or which is which is in the north it is basmati rice in the south it is um, i don't remember the name uh, like Indian no one cuisine needs to is remember when, what yeah, uh, yeah you know the other type of rice basmati is the way to yeah, go yeah, yeah for for the north yes we know basmati uh, let's <laughs> let's be a little bit you know uh, <laughs> a little bit obnoxious yeah. here i think basmati is the way to go period except if you're yeah. eating japanese food in that case of course Japanese sticky rice, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, nothing yeah, else. No. <laughs> Keep going, but uh, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. and uh, and uh, and and depending on like uh, like what your family food preferences are. In my family, yogurt um, was was made fresh daily or every other day in home, and and we would eat that along with our meal. Like uh, like we would have these little small bowls and 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 some some curry in the bowl and some of the dry like curry potatoes or curried vegetables on the side in the plate a little bowl with yogurt and and either rice or or she would make what we call in india um, we have we have many names depending on the region you call them chapatis or roti or uh, fulka it is a, another name it is basically um it is basically an unleavened bread which is made into a tortilla sort of right that is the that is the best way i can describe okay uh, so we would have that i would eat that you know go watch some afternoon tv there would be like some soap opera going on and but some yeah Indian sorry soap- I, I, oh oh no go ahead sorry i i didn't do the food thing completely so <laughs> so uh, yeah we would eat with our hands um, but that is often like uh, so so we would so so we would take our uh, tortilla break it off scoop some curry with it and just eat it and you can eat rice with your hands too that is not a problem i know how to do that but it is much easier to just use a spoon okay so right. but again it differs in region to region in southern india and eastern part of india where they eat it is very common to eat rice with hands and they know how to do it well without getting your hands completely you know mm. dirty okay so is so it, it is very common but yeah um, spoons forks knives all that is very standard uh, uh, right. cutlery People or silverware look at you funny if you were using cutlery uh, in no. the house um, no, so, so did you live in an apartment like in a building part of, or was it a house uh for me it was uh, it was a house okay. uh, i grew up uh, in old delhi and my house uh, i grew up in was a multi level home right. and um, and i guess the the closest approximation i give is i can give is you know how the old parts of um, like spain or i don't know i, I think france will have that as well like the like the streets are very narrow and you have right. houses which are just stuck with each other like mm. there's no gap they are, they they are built alongside each other and they are you know multi level homes okay uh, so that is the best approximation i, I can give the home i grew up in um, i mean i sort of had a less 
common uh, home compared to my classmates. Uh, my home was, well, it is still uh, standing. Uh, it is over a hundred and I guess 70 years old by now. Wow. So yeah, uh, it, so yeah, uh, the analogy with like old homes in, in, in I, old I don't know, Europe, France, yeah. Spain, yeah. in old Europe, that that kind of works here. Okay. And yeah, it was built by my grandfather's great grandfather or something like that. We have a family tree. Oh, so it's so, a family home, like and yeah. it's been so for generations. And so you, yeah. you were saying your mom would make the food, and it's not just like I guess she would make the yogurt as well, which that yeah. sort of uh, uh, got, got caught my attention. Like she would uh, actually make the things. Like, do you go? I'm jumping from question to question, but. Sure. Do you go to the store and buy pre-packaged pre food at that time in, in Delhi? Or do you have to, to buy the raw ingredients and then prepare stuff? No, you, you bought the raw ingredients. Um, everything was uh, fresh uh, or as fresh as it could be. Uh, packaged food, like even even frozen uh, frozen peas and all that, that was when I was growing up, especially when I was very young, I couldn't have imagined frozen peas. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, I only, I remember like seeing and trying frozen peas in like late nineties. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> this is <laughs> because, uh, because in India, when I was growing up and I'm sure it was, it was true for most other kids, you um, like every day or every other day, um like like either your, your mom or your dad or someone or maybe a servant uh went out and 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 you would have a lot of uh small farm uh small farmers not small farmers uh small but farm you know what i mean uh, yeah small farm owners they're okay. not small by stature um <laughs> it's not that the, the farmers were were small but their farms were small yeah they would they would bring <laughs> their uh yeah they would bring their food for sale Right, right. Uh, so, 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 so food consumption was, um, was based a lot on what was seasonally available. So, so, so in the winter we would get peas and, and carrots and whatnot. And in the summer it would be a lot more squashes, um, and, and other vegetables like for, um, but onions were like year round. And so every single right. morning, I remember my dad would go, uh, and, and get some vegetables uh, he, you know, he would he would have this little uh, bag, and and he would go out, he, and and these guys would set up shop on the side of the road or on the crosswalk, the what we call footpath in India, and and you just go, you 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 look uh, you look at multiple guys with the same, you know, with the same stuff, and and oftentimes like my dad, he would know like this guy, he sits here, he he would know them by their name, and he would. He knows, like, oh, this guy's stuff is usually much better. Okay. Do, do and, you do you uh, negotiate with them, or are you like, oh, I'll I, pay you that much for that amount? And are you kidding me? Are you is, trying to rip me off? Pretty much. That okay. haggling is. I mean, uh, to not haggle in India is to not know how to buy stuff. Does that I mean, extend sure. to to everything, or? just the like the local farmer's food or do you also haggle if you're buying a tv in a giant you know electronics store oh yes of course oh, okay. of All course right. uh, even now i mean unless you go to 
uh, unless you are going to like a shopping mall and just buying like regular stuff, you know, which is scanned and entered into a, a you know a, a machine and whatnot. There, of course, you cannot haggle. But f- even now, for most things in India, um, like if like if you're going to buy a refrigerator or whatever, you do expect to haggle, and and you can get significant discounts mm. uh, just because you know uh, that is what is expected. You know, yeah. you know, you, no one expects to pay the the MSRP, the the MAC or the what we yeah. call in India the MRP. Uh, so, uh, yeah, haggling that, was, that was very I, much. I cannot yeah. do impossible for me. I like I, I would try and be so weak and dumb that I would probably end up paying more than the MSRP. <laughs> because yeah, the, the yeah, I I, I I was not good at that myself. I, I could never haggle as hard as my dad. I mean, he would. I mean, he would use all sorts of like, you know, different tactics to <laughs> to get the rate down. And and but I mean, he would he would also see like if like if the if what he's buying is really good, uh, like uh, like oh you know this guy has really good potatoes today. Mm. Okay, he would he wouldn't haggle so much because he knows. That okay, he has he has good products. Okay, worth the ex- worth the little yeah, extra money. Yeah, worth the price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So y- you mentioned um, after second lunch, which sounds wonderful. Um, you you go and watch TV and you watch some kind of soap opera or you know some something that's on. Um, I mean, we all know that uh, the at least the movies production in uh, India is really uh, significant, but so I'm sure that it's the same on TV and you have a lot of uh, pop culture that a growing teenager would be super excited about. But I would like to ask you, first of all, how was it? What type of, you know, shows or things you would love and kids your age would love? And also how big, if at all, was Western culture uh, for you as you were growing up? You know, American culture, I think it's probably going to be yeah. the main one. But, um. Yeah, def- uh, definitely. Uh, before liberalization, which uh, started in 1991, we didn't have cable TV, uh, so all we had was uh, was the nationally run, uh, the uh, government run TV. Um, it was uh, it, it was a uh, it was called Dur Darshan, which literally means uh, which literally means televiewing. Mm. And and we would have uh, two channels or maybe three, depending on the region. One would be a national channel, DD1. DD2 was the metro channel. And there, there were other like uh, regional channels which which had programming in in, in that region's language. So, so, so those channels would only be a little bit. So um, different states would have their own regional channels as well, which 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 had programs and you know tv shows and everything right. in their own in their own language that's funny that's what we had until the 80s uh in france as well it was basically three channels two main yeah. ones and one regional which had many different local uh channels but um, all right so so until then it was all indian shows like yeah and uh, no and, and uh, i mean of course we we did get Stuff like Star Trek and the, the original Star Trek, but I remember watching it in the 80s. 
And oh, I remember really? watching. Yeah, so, it was. So but the, it was the, the local channel. I mean, the the Indian channels would buy the rights to the Star Trek TV show and and show it on TV, like dubbed or subbed or. I remember uh, that it came on in English, but I wouldn't. But my memory is so vague that it may have been uh, dubbed. Mm -hmm. uh, I did do you, remember. Did you learn English in in school? I guess you did, but. Oh yeah, no. Uh, in India, English is a language uh, taught like any other language from the beginning, from like the first grade. You will learn English. So you learn and, and, you learn Hindi at home and then English at school. No, you, you would also have uh, you would also have language lessons in Hindi, and 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 depending on the region, like uh, like let's say in the southern India, in the state of Tamil Nadu, they would learn a Tamil in school as right. well. And um, and, uh, and digressing back to education a little bit, we uh, the medium of education, what we call in India, which is basically the language in which you are taught the rest of the subjects, that was also different. So in in the north, you can have a Hindi medium school where the subjects are taught in Hindi. The language of communication is Hindi. The uh, the textbooks are in Hindi like the science textbooks or the geography textbooks or whatever and you can have english medium schools where uh, where you uh, where the where the the language uh, to be taught in is english mm. so everything every, so my school kind of was nice in the way that up to the sixth grade the medium of uh, of teaching was hindi and then from sixth grade onward it switched to english Okay, so every so, lesson would be in English from that point on. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, they, they, the uh, the common? textbooks and everything. Um, well, this sort of switch is not common. Usually, schools are like either completely Hindi medium or completely English medium. But my school kind of did this nice thing, which allowed hmm. like people, children who are younger. You know, they they don't know English that well. You know, they're still learning. Right. So. Right. So I'm kind of grateful for that, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, but yeah, so and again, regionally it is different. Like it, uh, you know, we have different education boards for of each course. state, and it's a uh, it's a whole complex mess. So do you have different languages in different region of the of the country? Which means, in the end, when people from those regions meet, they end up speaking English, or is Hindi everywhere? Uh, no, Hindi is definitely not not everywhere, um, okay. and uh, yeah, locally they they uh, each region speaks their own language. But uh, the most uh, what we call the the official language uh, of India, which means for for official communications, is English for administration and Hindi. Yeah. yeah, for administration, it is English and Hindi. Uh, but obviously, no one uses Hindi as much because. Because to communicate with the whole of India, you would prefer English. Right. And, so it's, uh, it's it's normal for people, for Indians together to get to meet. And if they don't speak the same local language, not everyone knows Hindi, I guess, is my is no. where I'm getting to. And so they're just going to speak English between them. Yeah. And, and if they do not, I mean, um, just because you learn English in school doesn't mean you know it. You know, you, you can speak it well or you can, right. you know. It's so uh, because it's a second language for most people. It is, um, you know, the, when people travel, they just have to sort of get by. Uh, like if I had to go 
to to southern india i i mean if i'm just visiting i'll somehow get by because because they might understand hindi a little bit and uh, and if i'm learn and if i'm li- uh, living long term then i would probably it'll be a good idea to learn some local words some local phrases right. in the local language hmm. All right, let let's get back to Star Trek for a second. Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> so you mentioned you would be watching it in the in the 80s even. Um so yeah. continuing on that question of, you know, pop culture and what kind of things did you like when you were a, a teenager and what teenagers of your age liked? Yeah. Um so uh the the Indian film industry or at least I should say um the Hindi film industry as well as the other local uh, regional film industries are very very popular in india they are uh, they have enormous number of fans and you know you know you know people follow like like people have you know their own favorite actors and what not which right. like you know you know they just like any other place and as well as music so in india I, I, i'm pretty sure you know people have this image of like an indian movie which has like people randomly break into song and dance, right, of course yeah that is that is actually true uh, the especially in the 80s and what not it was very true um and and a lot of the popular music in india the what what's called you know what we can call pop mm. you know uh, would be the film or the movie soundtrack the, the, the soundtrack is released ahead of the movie's release and and you know the songs become popular and you know so 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 the pop music a huge chunk of it is comes from the movies themselves and of course right. you also have uh, you know pop pop singers and what not but but this is a significant difference from the western uh, you know pop scene and definitely so, western uh, sorry go ahead no just before before going to the western thing again stupid question i'm not sure there's even a reason but i'm tempted to ask why are uh basically musicals so popular in india i maybe it's like asking why are action movies so popular in in you know the us like why do they always have gun battles and or superheroes although for superheroes i guess it can be explained because of the popularity of comic books in the 70s and 80s and the the people who grew up reading those are now excited about seeing them on the big screen so there there could be an explanation but is there an explanation for the fact that most movies from india seem to be uh, musicals or is it just you know well that's the way it is and that's it uh i'm i'm not sure exactly because uh part of my thinking is the reason there are so many music numbers and what not is because indian movies especially some of the more like what we call masala movies in india which are like you know like like the popular movies mm-hmm. they they tend to have little bit of everything they will have action they will have romance they will have you know they will have you know this this very sort of stereotypical villain and a very stereotypical hero and a stereotypical heroine and uh, you know and and there will also be some family drama going on so they, so they try to appeal to a very sort of broad audience and 
and somehow musical numbers have become an an integral part mm. i i don't know if there is any point in time we can we can pinpoint like okay this is when they started to become popular but mm. but indian cinema from the very beginning indian cinema is pretty old i think we indian cinema started in 20s uh, 1920s mm-hmm. so as far as i remember like all the old movies i've seen you in the movies from 50s they have songs and right. uh, dances i mean the format changes the you know you know the the dance moves change often the the tone and the and the message of the songs change but they do have these uh, these certain uh, like musical numbers and what not mm. almost uh, but now it is changing a lot more movies are integrating instead of like like the hero and the heroine breaking off like randomly in the middle uh, you know they they don't they are doing less of that and the songs are integrated much more into the story and and it's a lot more um, uh, it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't it doesn't jar you like oh they were talking about this and suddenly there's a song and dance the song or whatever It's is integrated of the, of the and, and and it will move the story forward right. so a lot okay. more movies are doing that but still those songs and those dance numbers are you know they are extremely popular so do you have movies that girls or guys like more like are is there going to be the the romantic Uh, the romantic comedy type of musical and the more action type musical and when the you know the girlfriend says oh i want to go see that thing like the super stereotypical ridiculous american image of the girl going to see wanting to see the romantic comedy the guy going like oh no i want to see the the guns explosion movie I, i'm sure there is some of that but uh, i don't ever remember uh, thinking oh this is a this is a kind of movie i don't want to watch or okay. i mean i don't remember having those 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 stereotypical um sort of thoughts like oh this is a chick flick i don't right, want to see right, that right. i don't remember having that because again the uh, the format of the movies was a lot more inclusive mm. so uh, so i mean we do have everything uh, for everyone and definitely there would be movies which were pure comedy like from start to beginning they are they are focused a lot more on comedy or your movies which are focused a lot more on drama or tragedy or what not mm. uh, but um, me personally of course i cannot speak for many indians but for me personally it's either a good movie or a bad movie it doesn't matter you know if it is a, a comedy or a tragedy or if it is an action or mm. whatever okay. so for me it's either a good film or a bad film all right so let's get back to the western culture part of it was it present was it popular what did you think uh, before uh, before liberalization it was not i mean it, it certainly uh, was popular among you know the more affluent the more elite people who could afford to leave india or encounter western culture um but uh, but it became western pop pop music or western uh, you know music in general became a lot more uh popular and common as 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 90s progressed i do remember listening i, I don't remember hearing names like um like like bon jovi or you know led mm-hmm. zeppelin or all these even though i wasn't familiar with their music 
my classmates were and that alone i mean i think is says that yeah it did become more popular uh, among more people but uh, even now i i would say it is western pop influence and culture is more restricted to like the like the middle class and the upper like the more affluent class uh so yeah i mean the, and and of course western shows western films became a lot more common as as liberalization progressed and people had more access to these things um so i remember you, like did you watch friends on tv in the 90s or um i didn't because my parents refused to get cable tv okay. because <laughs> because they said you will not focus on your studies you will just watch tv all day no cable tv until you have until you have graduated from high school okay. so so yeah but uh, but i do uh, remember like my uh, my classmates um in like when i was in 8th or 9th grade they were talking about oh the bold and the beautiful and you know mm. all those kind of soap opera like american soap operas and, and i was like huh, what is that bold and beautiful sounds weird but okay so, uh, so can you yeah like if when you watch these things on tv and you know i'm thinking about friends because it was a very very popular in in france at the time but i'm sure it's the same with the others like the the lifestyle that is portrayed on those shows is incredibly different from the one you have in your daily life and you know it would be the same if you, that was part of why we enjoyed for example i'm speaking for myself uh japanese pop culture uh in the 90s in france because it was so different um i wonder how you guys approached it or was it just oh well that's how the americans live or you know whatever we don't care or it's fascinating or it's you know did it have a weight and importance or was it just that thing that the americans are doing i personally didn't watch a lot of american tv i do remember watching some films Well, you watched and, Star Trek. You mentioned Star Trek was the first yeah. one that came to your mind. I guess it's not very yeah. typical American, typical <laughs> American uh, lifestyle. Life. But. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, I remember watching Star Trek. I remember watching Knight Rider, um, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, we got everything like ten or twenty years later mm. uh, uh, because I guess the rights were cheap enough. Uh, so yeah definitely it was it did feel like a whole different world to me it did i mean uh, it did feel like oh everything is so clean everything is so fancy everything the lifestyle looked a lot more glamorous than mm. what we had in india uh, which of course is not true anymore i mean you know i've been living here for so long i now i know it's things are a lot closer than you know than i you know than i thought but especially uh, but wait, during that, the that's really that's really interesting so when you said you wondered oh wow everything is so clean and now you realize it's probably not as clean as I, as as i thought it was can you expand on this can you explain what you thought was clean and what you think now was maybe movie magic well uh, it's uh, Uh, well i just have these vague memories of of watching like oh you know uh, like a night rider he's he's driving the his you know his whatever ai car and mm -hmm. and you know like uh, like everything is you know like like roads are you know so orderly and you know there is there is no litter on the streets 
you know there are no there are no stains on the sidewalks and it was like wow this is this is much better compared to what we see mm. in daily you, life and now you don't think that anymore you've been living well, in, in utah i believe yeah well uh, utah is still a lot more uh, you know uh, it is still much closer to that ideal that i've seen but uh, Uh, because Utah in general is is much cleaner, but like I've seen Boston, I've seen uh, New York, and it is not as uh, you know. I mean, there there are certainly like ugly parts to those places. There right. are certainly you know uh, you know parts which you know which completely turn upside down what people even now in India think of the U.S. Mm, okay. Um, talking about ugly parts, um, I noticed you never mentioned anything about the caste system, um, or even about you know the the place of uh, women in society and things like that. Is that not a factor, or is it a factor? Can you can you tell us a little bit? Because obviously we have a a, a very uh, specific image about the class system and all of this. Was it part of your? of society growing up um definitely that is a factor i wouldn't say oh caste system doesn't exist anymore or uh, you know the the problem the so, the social problems don't exist anymore they are definitely there but uh, things have improved quite a bit from you know the the, the time of independence uh, caste system is a lot um as a lot less influential of course it still comes into play uh every so often uh, but i would say it is being increasingly replaced by the class system where the where the uh, you know the you have the affluent and the affluent and middle class and then you know the poor the sort of the less well to do and and the caste system is increasingly getting more and more replaced uh, i mean when it time comes time to you know to marry someone or whatever especially in an arranged marriage that that definitely is a factor uh the the caste system like like the person has to be your caste and from your region and uh, i mean there are a lot of factors but daily life it is not such a thing anymore like like if i go to uh, like if i go to a restaurant or whatever it won't matter who is cooking my food because like, oh, like back in the to. 50s or 60s oh yeah that yeah. it used to be like oh you know what were like the untouchable or the lower caste they shouldn't have you know touch your food they it, it used to be so bad back you know like early 1900s or before that like they were not allowed to drink from the same well okay uh, you know so it was it was a lot worse and i'm sure in rural parts of india it is still um you know a big factor but especially in urban parts it's less of a, a less of a thing now i mean you don't think as much about these things so it's still a factor when you're talking about marriage and things like that but in the 80s or 90s when what you're saying is it might have even been a factor when you're at that time about the restaurant thing that was not in the no, you know, no. beginning of the uh, yeah no uh, no it, it well it wasn't back uh, in 80s and 90s no it wasn't uh, oh, i mean okay. i don't ever i don't ever remember like like my, my my parents thinking oh this restaurant should have only 
like you know some brahmin cooking the food no that, that that's that's not a, that wasn't a factor or anything okay all right so it was yeah. uh, earlier uh, in the century that it was a concern yeah okay yeah and uh, yeah um you've been talking a lot about the liberal uh, liberalization uh you've mentioned it a few times already can you tell us a little bit more about what it was exactly and what it how, in what ways it changed uh the country so india was um before 1991 india was was uh, was a sort of a social was a mixed economy you can say you had you had your private enterprise but you also had government uh, owned uh, companies or government run enterprises and uh, you know it had a lot more socialist uh, look to it the political system as well as the uh, the economic system and uh, consequently you know things came to a point in the 80s that uh, that that indian economy was in extremely dire straits it uh, you know uh, just uh, just things were were becoming bad uh, going from bad to worse and in 1991 uh, you know a plan of liberalization was devised uh and you know loans were taken from other governments uh to basically uh, change the change the indian economy and 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 make it more capitalistic okay. with less government uh, influence and ownership and of corporations right. yeah yeah exactly and and also the the they they started a, a sort of a drive to reduce the red tapism and the bureaucracy i mean all that stuff is still there but uh, it was uh, it was a lot worse back then and how so how did it change the the country was it like all of a sudden within two years things were completely different or oh not how? at all hmm. oh not at all it, it was very gradual uh, i but things didn't change that much uh, uh, slowly and surely you know certain uh, Uh, certain uh, rules and regulations were loosened a little bit private companies were allowed to do certain things which they were not allowed to do before uh, fdi foreign direct investment was encouraged in certain sectors and over time the sectors in which foreign companies could invest uh, was also increased so i remember um, in the 90s before 90s uh, i don't ever remember drinking coke because coke had been uh, coke had been uh, basically thrown out of india in i think 60s or 70s i, I remember drinking uh, all the indian brands uh, mm. there, there was something called campa cola which doesn't exist there was something called thumbs up uh, which does exist owned by coca cola there was something called limka which still exists but now owned by coca cola wow. okay. so 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 so, uh, so most of these brands are either now dead or owned by coke or pepsi mm. so uh, so similarly i mean this is just you know soft drinks but similarly i remember the only uh, car comp- there were three car companies one one was was hindustan motors which made uh, Uh, a, a car called the ambassador and couple others there was another 
company called Premier, which which had licensed this old uh, it, it had licensed in 60s or 70s this old Fiat design, which they continued to use, um, you know, forever and like mm. 80s. Um, and and then you had a partnership with Suzuki, uh, which was a company called Maruti Suzuki, and they made two three cars. Uh, which which were actually you know m- much more fuel efficient and nicer and all that. Mm. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but but as nineties progressed, eventually, uh, eventually uh, foreign ca- car uh, manufacturers were allowed in, were, were allowed to sell their cars. You know, uh, you know, Fiat came back, uh, a Maruti. Uh, Suzuki, which is uh, Suzuki, bought out the uh, Suzuki bought more shares and and made itself the dominant partner. Right. They started bringing more models, so things like that. And now, I mean, now for like the past ten years, I can't imagine a brand, uh, an American or a Japanese brand, which doesn't sell in India. Right. So you can uh, or German. I mean, I, I I think even I think even even Peugeot or uh, uh, one of the other, uh, like even Renault? French yeah. brands. Uh, no, 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 no. But oh, uh, yeah, the, uh, no, not okay. Citroen. Well, that's the uh, but, three we have. But, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I do have this vague memory of like them partnering with with Indian companies, uh, and we do, uh, and, and Indian car manufacturers also came up. Mm. Like, um, there's a very popular company in india called tata they it's a it's a group which owns which is huge i mean they they have they own a they own tata steel they they own uh, they own a bunch of different companies like that uh, yeah, i think tata is one of the most well known companies worldwide i mean most people probably yeah. have heard about tata from india but uh, yeah and they they used to make trucks, but then they in the nineties they started producing cars, and and another company Mahindra came up with its own like SUVs and whatnot. So yeah, these things they slowly you started to see changes. Cable TV came on, and you could you could get a lot of the the Americans uh, pop uh, stuff and and you know Indian Indian uh, TV exploded with like with with the private channels. Mm. So. So, so yeah, the changes were not all of a sudden. It wasn't, it wasn't like Russia where you know just, it just burst and right, right. and you know, there were like these massive changes. The changes were a lot more gradual. Mm. But now it's your your uh, you have all the products available. I guess if you're rich enough for the country, but you have all the products available there that you have everywhere else in the world. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, you can, mm. and in fact. In fact, it is quite funny because, uh, like here in the U.S., if you want to purchase a car, uh, like if I go to Honda, you have Honda Civic and you know whatever. Like you have the, these certain models. In India, the number of models that Honda sells is a lot more. Right. And and that goes for every consumer product. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say every consumer product, but it's a lot more. Uh, the the product line is a lot more diverse. Because now they have a price point for every kind of consumer. So, mm-hmm. so, so if someone wants to spend only, like you know, like you know, uh, let's say, 
if, if someone wants wants to spend only uh, what do you call it and try to convert from the indian numerical system to uh, <laughs> to english so if, if someone wants to spend only like like 700000 rupees on a car they have a price point for that if if right. they are willing to go up to to 9000 they have a price point for that so they, the the diversity in product line is a lot more than than what i see here mm. in everything and, and that's probably because the diversity i mean the the range of uh, social statuses or richness is much wider in india than it is uh yeah. in, in the us at least um, Definitely. so there's there's uh I want to talk about uh, rural India a little bit, and um, uh-huh. I mean, you, I'm sure you don't know it as well as urban India, um, but you did mention in, in our communication earlier uh, the, the changes that uh, smartphone technology and things like that have brought, and the web and all of this, uh, and I'm sure we know that story from every uh, you know, country that didn't have computers in every home. Um, my aunt actually works with, well, she has a, a humanitarian um, uh, organization that works with a specific village in uh, the Himalayas. And she was telling me that the first time she went there a few years ago, uh, she just, you know, went to India one day and uh, and ended up there. And they didn't have, well, they still don't have a lot of electricity, but they didn't have uh, smartphones, obviously, uh, and now they're starting to get them even in that very remote mountain that is, you know, days away from a, a city, uh, and they're starting to get that kind of connection. That must obviously transform the entire country. Uh, is there anything that you would, you know, want to mention about this? Oh, definitely. Uh, the, the, the the internet and the web services and this this communication revolution uh, to put it uh, sort of a you know uh, mildly is has impacted india hugely um, i remember uh, like cell phones came a little later to india but um, like in like in 2000s they became increasingly very common and and I remember um, speaking to my folks, and uh, even uh, even like the the day laborers who you know who have come from villages you know from like rural parts of uh, of India, they would you know oftentimes they would they would come to the city and you know live here for a few years because they need work, and and I mean these people are poor. I mean when when you say poor in the U.S., you imagine someone living in like a poor place or, you know, or, you know, but, but they'll still have, you know, some government assistance and, you know, they would be able to, you know, eat normal food more or less, or, you know, have some entertainment. Mm. When we say poor in India, you can talk about people who are so poor, they cannot, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from, or mm. they are, you know, they, they don't, you know, they, you know, they are living in sort of very, very, harsh conditions but even they you know it became so cheap and so uh, i mean like i said you know again it's about the price point do you have something available for every price point they would uh, they would get together they would for like they would have their own groups so they would pool together some money 
and 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 buy just one phone with you know with with a certain num- number of minutes and whatnot so so they can all use it to contact their their families speak to them you know once a week or once a month and and i mean these are people who are you know who have to live day by day but even they were able to afford that in in like mid 2000s and now again with the smartphone it's a whole new thing and and of course smartphone hasn't penetrated that strata that deeply yet because you know you need to you know to buy a smartphone which is generally a little more expensive than a cellular phone and you have to buy you have to pay for data but uh, but smartphone again is is beginning to penetrate deeply and 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 the and i think the best way to to show how deeply it has penetrated whatsapp is has i mean just if you are a smartphone in india you have whatsapp on on there and you mm-hmm. communicate i, I mean I, i remember like when i went a, a few years back on billboards on the side of the road you like, like whether it is some political ad or anything many times i would see i would see it would say whatsapp number and it would have a number like like so, you can contact, i mean whatsapp is being is being used not just for like for one on one communication or or group communication it's you can you, you are people are using it for, as a broadcast for a medium more. you mean yeah or, or or like if you want to communicate with with someone uh, even if you don't know them you can send them a whatsapp and mm. and they will and they will reply back and what not and in fact whatsapp first made its product free in india uh, just because they knew that the ma- the market penetration was well, was pretty good and they wanted to to make it even more affordable um so so they made it free and all you need is data and and, and i mean this is another sign i would say of uh, whatsapp status i am i'm in a couple of groups on whatsapp and like like family groups and i see every single day like uh, like do you remember like in uh, like with email we used to get like forward 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 like you know some aunt or uncle is forwarding something right, you know right. a joke or whatever some some like some or some other hoax or whatever i get that now on whatsapp okay and they so, and uh, they don't use email they use whatsapp for communication yeah, yeah 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 especially with like the older generation um they they can't be bothered with email i think mm-hmm. it's too much of a learning curve but whatsapp yeah there you go We were talking about Thailand in a previous episode and um we were uh talking about the fact that it was also being used uh you know text medium was also being used for commerce and things like that. Is that also the case in India or do they use more quote unquote complex webs like apps and uh the web itself or or does it also go through uh chat apps? Um I am not sure uh, if people are using chat apps to send money but I do know that, that you can transfer money from one bank account bank account to another using your normal cellular phone uh and 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 you can and you can get money transferred within within minutes from one person right. to another and and my dad was a little surprised he's like you can't do that in the US I'm like <laughs> no they say they, they, it, it, you you have to use some app 
or something and even then transferring money take used to take like they said wait 24 hours yeah yeah so he was like that here. is unbelievable <laughs> i he, he was a little shocked because because the image of us is always oh yeah they are the most technically advanced and mm, and what not um all right so we're getting close to the end of the uh of the show i want to ask two more things uh first very quickly how would you describe the political and social climate in india today we've talked a lot about you know the 80s 90s and even early yeah. 2000s how would you describe the political climate now uh political climate india um you know like i said you know it is it is a union of many different cultures and uh so uh, up until i think the uh, the 70s early 80s uh, there was a dominant party the, the indian national congress uh, and there were some other smaller parties and regional parties um that sort of dominance was broken in the 80s and uh, later on in the 90s and now the um for the past few decades we have a very thriving regional uh, uh regional political uh, sort of uh, system and you uh, more often than not at uh, when when it comes time for the federal sort of the union elections uh we more often than not end up with a coalition government mm. uh and we have the same same parliamentary sort of system as britain i mean there are some differences of course but uh, you know you you have parties and and you know they they have candidates which they put up for prime ministerial position and uh, and, and it's stable you know, you, and you, people you, people care about the political life like do they vote uh, how do you oh, yeah. even make uh, a, a 1.2 billion people vote uh, in an election yeah elections election process is very so very involved in india it is it is complex but uh, yeah you know people vote people people want to make their voice heard um, unlike us where you see you know like oh only 30% of people voted um, i don't know what is the percentage in india but it is uh, people do discuss politics and people do vote quite a bit Mm. uh quite enthusiastically i mean we would see people in villages going out to vote because uh, because you know they want to they want to get their voice heard and uh, and election day is um for federal elections uh, you get the day off it's a it's a oh, holiday really? like a, yeah like us it's a you national know, it's holiday like, like it's a bank holiday yeah it's mm. yeah it's a it's a holiday you you know you you, you go out you vote and and it is uh, and it is all uh, electronic voting oh really there is no uh, yeah and um, and due to sort of the literacy levels like a, lo- a lot of india is still you know illiterate because there's you know just because of the the structure mm-hmm. uh so uh, so each party will have their symbol sort of their logo and if you don't if you cannot read the name of the party you know you you know uh, the logo you, 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 you know the logo you tap their logo and you have voted for them mm. and, and uh, that, oh sorry yeah. go ahead no uh, i mean the 
yeah the, so so the election process is of course given the size of the population very complex and and most often you know the regional parties get a lot of uh, get a lot of votes uh, the national parties uh, you know they end up making coalitions with with the powerful regional parties and uh, only this past election i think the one of the national parties the bjp they got a clear majority in in the parliament but usually it's that that's not the case they end up making uh, they end up making a lot of coalitions okay but it's stable you describe it as stable yeah it is it is very stable we are uh, what used to be called the third world i can't i don't know if there are many countries besides uh, besides india which have never had a a dictatorship or or like military rule like just considering our neighbors you know bangladesh and pakistan mm. i mean they their history has been rife with with military coups and you know problems like that in india that has never been a concern that oh the military might take over okay. military has always been uh, strictly under civilian control i mean civilian uh, Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Like how it is in US. Military right, right. does not dictate policy. Hmm. All right. Yeah, and um, of course yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah, I mean corruption and all that is still a big problem in politics and you know that is just how it is. Um, it is improving a little bit I would say, but yeah, of course uh, that is a that is a reality which we which we accept we face. but otherwise yeah the the system the country is stable and everything all right uh so last question i want to ask you is uh when you first showed up in the us um you mentioned you so you you went to the us to study in 2001 um and i mean you knew about the us you you knew uh you you spoke english and all of this but were there things that surprised you still when you when you landed there and when you spent you know the first few weeks uh, in the us and also were there things that uh, you realized about india when you went back uh after living in the US that you didn't realize uh at when you were living there so the first I, one maybe you know yeah. what what surprised you about the US if anything um i would say sur- surprise wise it was it was uh, what surprised me was the 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 hard it was for people to pronounce my name that was like the immediate <laughs> problem i had okay. and it has improved but uh, but it but it was sort of unthinkable for me to not be able to have trouble with my name it's it's phonetic like like all indian names they are written phonetically so it was it was a little odd like people would bungle my my first name and my last name every single time so <laughs> so that was like on a personal front it really threw me off okay uh, i to have to explain how my name is pronounced but uh, but overall yeah i mean it was uh it was certainly uh you know you you know in india you don't see or at least you didn't used to see the non glamorous parts like like you have to like you have to do everything yourself you cannot afford to have maids or servants you know you you have to you have to cook everything yourself you have to clean everything yourself you have to do your own 
you, you mentioned servants has... uh, earlier. I, I wanted to ask you about, but in the interest of time, I didn't. But uh, yeah. since you bring it up again, did you guys in the middle class, uh, middle class family, did you guys have maids or servants? Is that a common thing? Yeah, it is fairly common to have maids or servants. My family uh, didn't have them. Uh, I mean, sometimes my mom would would hire for like certain period of time. She would hire a maid to to clean the dishes. But uh, I mean, my family was a little more unusual in that way. Um, but yeah, it is fairly common to have maids and mm. servants. Okay. Uh, and so, to do and so when you arrived in the U.S., you were like, "What do you mean? I have to wash my own clothes." Isn't there someone oh, no. I can hire? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, no. I mean, the the thought process wasn't exactly that. Right. It was more of a yeah. We didn't see this part. Okay. I, okay. I mean, it, I mean, it, it was not a problem. It was not. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it is. Uh, but for <laughs> me personally, it was not. But it was certainly a revelation. Like, oh yeah, you know, you know, all those people who are living the the glamorous lifestyle yeah they are not showing everything right so the the uh david hasselhoff in night rider uh you, yeah you, you didn't realize that he didn't have maids and right yeah uh, or, 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 or like the group in friends you know they are they're in the coffee shop all day no one has time for that <laughs> <laughs> i mean pe people are busy they are, they are they are they are busy with their school and oh yeah one more thing i would like to say in India, what we do not, students usually do not, college students or even high school students, they do not work. Uh, they do not have part-time jobs. Oh, really? Uh, that, that is another thing which sort of surprised me uh, that, you know, that that almost everyone, you know, they, they have a part-time jo job or even a full-time job. Mm. And, and, you know, they are using that to pay for their university. In India, that's very uncommon. Uh, uh, especially in the middle class, it is it is not common at all. Mm. Socialism, I tell you, so many <laughs> things. Um, right, uh, and and to be fair, even about friends, everyone was laughing at. I guess for us in the Western world, yeah. we knew that it was ridiculous that they spent so much time in the coffee shop. But for you guys, you uh, apparently maybe you thought or oh, never really noticed, but it was like, oh yeah, that's how they live. Um, so yeah, okay, everything is yeah. <laughs> I, I know you need to leave uh, very soon, but uh, last question. Was there anything that you realized after having lived in the U.S. going back to India that surprised you or, you know, you didn't you didn't know this before? Uh, when you went you know, back? Uh, yeah, that is, um, I'm sure many people notice many different things. But for me, one of the first things I remember, uh, so I came to the U.S. in 2001. I went back. Uh, India for a visit in in uh, 2003, and one of the things I remember noticing immediately as I got down, um, as I, I mean, as I you know traveled back home was uh, the difference in air quality. I mean, <clears throat> when I came here, I did notice, oh yeah, air feels much cleaner, but when I went back, it was a much bigger shock. Mm. That how that how much more polluted the air of Delhi is. I, I mean, there, there are parts of India which are you know which are very nice and you know you don't have that much air pollution and whatnot. But Delhi, you know, when I grew up, it was it was just part of life. Like oh, you know, you have all this smog, 
in the winter and you have you know all this dust and pollution all year round but the the stark difference sort of made me realize wow mm. i have been living i have been breathing air which is which is a lot better than you know than uh, you know than uh, than what i had in india right that that was uh, and i mean i i could probably think of other things uh, but that was something that immediately i mean the night i landed i i went home and just just even during that sort of journey like the half an hour i could feel the difference i could like like when i before i went to sleep you know i did my like you know the, the ablutions and i could see like oh my god <laughs> so much difference is it still the case nowadays is it as polluted um, still oh yeah delhi i mean they made huge improvements in the 90s they um, all the buses i mean since delhi is such a big uh, metropolis there there are so many buses and so many like like public transportation vehicles of other sorts which they which they, they used to use you know uh these to use you know diesel or um so the, uh, diesel or petrol or what they call gasoline in us um, right, right. so they were switched in delhi at least uh, i'm sure other cities had it had it happen uh, in their own schedule but they switched them with, uh, i think mid 90s or late 90s they switched them to cng it was a it was a i remember it was the decision by delhi high court or something they 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 ruled all these vehicles all these public transport vehicles have to switch to cng within by this date mm. and if not they would, so so there was this huge sea change um you know like uh, like all the buses went from went right. from diesel to cng and yes it did affect uh, air quality a little bit but uh the reason it has gotten worse is uh is more just because of cars. The, yeah. uh, not just cars i mean delhi as by itself has grown a lot since oh, right. 80s and 90s i mean it was a big metropolis before now it is even huger and mm. there are a lot more people and there is a lot more industry and everything uh even more than it was before and mm. so just overall concentration of people and objects and like vehicles it has or industry has you know made it worse all right well uh i think this is going to be the end of the show for us uh obviously thank you so much uh, for uh taking us on this wonderful trip in india in from the 80s to today uh, I, i so do you want do you have anything online that you want to point people to if they uh, you know pimp anything or anything you do or uh nothing at all your choice uh, no i'm uh, i'm not really uh Uh, sort of a public person but okay. uh, uh but i do I, i mean i i do follow you of course and <laughs> and and scott johnson and other some other people uh, but yeah i mean i'm i, I just you know I, i don't have a lot of uh, online no presence as it were 
Okay, no problem. Well, you know what? If uh, anyone in the audience has any comments or questions, you can always go to frenchspin.com on the episode's uh, show notes and, and ask your questions there uh, or comment. You know, we're very happy to read everything you have to say. Um, and uh, if you want to follow me, you can do so at uh, NotPatrick on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, and if you want to uh, leave a comment on iTunes, you're welcome to do that as well. It uh, obviously is very helpful when we have uh, people leaving five-star reviews and comments uh, for the show. So go to iTunes in your region and uh, leave a comment. That would be absolutely awesome. And even awesomer would be to go to Patreon and support the show financially. Uh, you know that patreon.com slash the Phileas Club is where you can go to support the show. You can um, tell us and show us that you appreciate what we do. If it brings a little bit of uh, interesting knowledge in your life, if you think it's a, a nice uh, thing to have and that you would be sad if it went away, well... Well, it's not going away, but still, uh, you could forego one cup of coffee and uh, give me that money instead. That would be amazing and help us uh, keep doing the show. So you can do that at patreon.com slash the Fetus Club. Very easy. You can stop whenever you want. And uh, you, can, um, you can do that in two minutes flat on the website. So check it out if you're interested. Uh, and of course, again, thank you so much, Mayank, for being on the show. It was enlightening for me. It was super interesting, uh, so much so that I went over the hard uh, limit that you said you had, and I apologize. But thank you no, so much. No, it is completely fine. Completely <laughs> fine. Thank you so much, Patrick, for this, for this opportunity. This was, this was great. Cool. Well, uh, I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for being here again, and we'll talk to uh, the listeners again in a couple of weeks. Talk to you then. Bye. So what I want to communicate, uh, which I've seen in in a lot of um, what I've heard from a lot of people when they say India, they think India is a is a monolithic uh, culture or country. You know, uh, they don't realize that it is um, in a way many countries, and each region, you know, has their own language, their own cuisine. Um, which they are, which they are fiercely proud of, and mm. and uh, and so so when people say you know oh say something in 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 say something in Indian, I'm like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what is that? I, I I don't know what you mean. I can speak my language, the one I grew up with, sure, but I can't speak for the rest of India. No. So, uh, so, so in that sense, yeah. the federation is is it's really a federation. And you you mentioned the analogy you made with the the European Union. Is is it? Are the differences as stark? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, uh, I think I think the only uh, well, one of the big differences, of course, you know, European Union is voluntary, and and you can leave like how Britain is leaving, mm -hmm. but yeah. <laughs> uh, but in India, yeah, that would that would not be possible without uh, some severe military action, right? Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, like how in like how like how EU has has you know 
Germany, Britain, France, uh, Portugal, Spain, all these countries, and they have they have stark differences in their language, food, uh, and within these countries there are a lot of differences. It is the same in India, like like uh, states, different states have their own have their own culture and everything, and within those states also there is a lot of diversity. Uh, so. Yeah, it is pretty much like European Union. We have, you know, one currency, one army. Uh, and, you know, of course, you, you don't need a visa to travel within the country or own anything. You you can you can move from one place to the other. So it is very much like that. So, uh, so yeah, we are Indians, but, I mean, we do have that national identity, but we also have a very strong regional identity. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 